You're listening to the Oz Movies Podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back to the Oz Network for the third and final episode of Halloween. Three weeks, not month. We started late, we missed a week. Came up with a great movie afterwards uh, that I'm especially regretting now that we have to cover this, which is Hocus Pocus, which also fits into our much-delayed anniversary month, I guess, as this is the 25th anniversary of Hocus Pocus, uh, a movie that I kind of knew bombed when it came out, developed a cult following over the years, and somehow this year seems to be universally regarded as the greatest Halloween movie ever made. I don't know how that happened. We did talk about Adam's Family a few weeks ago, but uh, here it is, Hocus Pocus, and we've got the fullest house we've ever had for a Halloween episode, I guess. Uh, we have four people here representing three countries, uh, all to talk about their love for, and in the case of one of us, not their love for, Hocus Pocus. My name is Colin, my brother's a virgin. Is that really your line? Yes. That sucked. <laughs> my name's Jamie, and I am not the virgin that lit the candle. My name's Jared, and it's another glorious morning that makes me sick. Uh, and my name is Rossi, and Max likes your yabos. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. There you go. Was that number 12 on the list? <laughs> well, I think it was a good number one. Okay. <laughs> so, Hocus Pocus, here we are. Rossi and I have talked about this a little bit. Um, so some of us are very excited. Let's just, uh, before we even get into our feelings on this movie, or even our, I guess, starting out with our history on this movie... We'll just talk about how this episode came about. You know, last year, Rossi and I just spur of the moment decided, let's do some Halloween things. Uh, we did uh, a couple of TV shows, uh, Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, Parks and Recreation Halloween episodes. We did some movies, uh, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, and Clue. And this yeah. year, when we were thinking about things to do, I was one day brainstorming. I was like, oh, I'm trying to think about what we could do for Halloween outside of, you know, home improvement. And Jamie was like, you should do Hocus Pocus. And the and craft. I also, I also mentioned the craft. Yeah. yeah. And I immediately uh, crapped all over both of those ideas. Oh, and I said and, practical magic, too. And practical magic, which I also hate. Uh, until I mentioned <laughs> it to Rossi, who said, we have to do Hocus Pocus. And then you mentioned that Jared wanted to do Hocus Pocus. And I'm like, well, I guess I'm uh, outnumbered here. Uh, I'm obviously in the minority <laughs> So this is uh, Majority Rules, and Jamie did say that if we came on this episode, or if we did this episode, she would come on and do it. She also said the same thing for The Craft and Practical Magic, which I cannot stomach. Uh, so therefore, I picked the lesser of three evils here. Uh, just going through our background and history on this movie, which came out in 1993. Directed by Kenny Ortega, who was coming off of Newsies. A Disney movie, this live action and a musical that I actually really like and would love to do a Newsies episode one day. It's amazing. Newsies is fun. Uh, but this was a follow-up, and uh, I guess in uh, a very short string of uh, Disney live action movies trying to revive the musical, this one barely used music in it, probably because of the failure of Newsies a year earlier. Uh, but 25 years later, it's a cult classic. I mentioned at the end of our last episode that uh, I was sleeping over at a friend's house uh, the night that my mom decided to get this on pay-per-view when it came out, and uh, my brother and sister watched it, my mom watched it, I came home, and they're like, oh, this movie Hocus Pocus is great, and they would watch every once in a while, and I would see it, bits and pieces here and there, and I'm like, ugh, I don't like this, 
much like we said with the Grease episode that we covered uh, last month, you know, I don't think I ever watched this start to finish just because I'm not a fan of it, but it's on in the background so many times that I know I have seen this movie. This was my first time watching it all the way through. I get it a little bit more now. I'm still not 100% sold on it. Maybe somebody here can convince me, but uh, let's go around alphabetically and give our history on Hocus Pocus. Jamie, you're up. Oh my goodness, I have such a bad memory. I'm not going to remember ever, anything from my childhood. But I, I remember, though, that there's a couple of... I am talking into the mic. You're not talking loud, though. Okay, I'm trying not to wake up our child, okay? Well, I'm loud and he's still asleep. People so can turn worry. up the volume if they need to hear me. So, <laughs> Just any- adjust your volume every time she talks. Go ahead. Anyway, that's right. Just for me, because I'm special. So, um, there's a couple of movies that I really remember from when I was a kid, and this is one of them. There's some other ones, too. The Craft is one of them. Ugh. Adam's Family. Yes. Uh, Casper. Um, and actually, it's really funny, but there's some other ones that I wouldn't really even consider to be Halloween ones. I saw a radio show um, putting them up against each other for people to vote which one's the best movie. Oh, yeah. And The Sixth Sense was on there. I didn't even think that was the really Halloween. The Sixth Sense? The Sixth Sense. Okay. Yeah, it was on there. Well, I mean, it's a horror movie. I guess anything horror falls into, you know, And Blair Halloween. Blair Witch was on there, Candyman. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, so with this movie, it's just, I don't know, it's so fun. It's it's not scary. It's I don't really find it corny, and I love the part where they actually sing. But it's really funny because I only just re- recently realized, maybe a few years ago, that it was actually Sarah Jessica Parker. I didn't even know because I love Sex in the City. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just gonna be throwing up this entire episode. <laughs> anyway, it's it's iconic. They're they're iconic. You know, now everybody wants to dress up like them. You know, when it's 2018. I don't, this this obviously became a thing in the last couple of years because I wasn't even aware that this movie had this popularity until a few years ago. Well, and I even bought the Blu-ray with all of the special features for you to do yeah, the podcast. Yeah, well, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, Jared, your history with Hocus Pocus. Uh, well, I watched this for the first time last night. What? Um, yeah, so <laughs> I feel like watching it, I got the whole like nostalgia feel to it. Like I can see why, why it's a, a cult classic. Um, I mean, some of the characters, like, bored me to death and, like, made me want to shoot myself. And some of, like, the lines, I was like, this doesn't make sense in the context of this movie. Um, but overall, I just thought it was just a really fun movie. It didn't take itself too seriously, which is good. Rossi. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Much like Jamie, I don't quite remember the history of this movie. It's kind of one of those ambiguous watched it at one point liked it and then that was kind of the end maybe i guess not entirely sure but i when i was rewatching it this time i knew going in that okay colin doesn't like it and maybe i can try and sympathize and see like what you're saying maybe maybe there's things i'm overhyping about it and like at first i was like oh yeah i guess colin is right it's kind of weird <laughs> that that little girl at the beginning is a really bad actress didn't do anything mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay, maybe it is that. But then as it kept going, I was just like smiling and laughing. And I just thought it was so enjoyable. All the little jokes that they've got are just so funny. Like I love when they're like, and they thought I was a real cop too or something like that. It's just like the random twists of the jokes and everything. I think are just so fun. Thank you. It's a fun movie. You're welcome again. It's it's great. I love it. Yeah, there's some awkward acting Un- uncomfortable to watch cat talking but <laughs> like that aside it's still enjoyable and 
something that's just fun to watch. Like, I would watch this every Halloween up there with Clue. Did that cat ever remind you guys of uh, the talking cat from Sabrina the Teenage Witch? That's always what Ugh. it reminded me of. Another one I hate. Okay, my favorite, my, one of my favorite lines in the oh, movie, though. No way. It, it was so awesome. One of my favorite lines in the movie, though, like Rossi was saying, lines to just make you laugh, and I don't even really know why, but I really love the line when they're actually um, about to get on the bus, and and then uh, they're like, we're looking for children. He's like, well, you know, it might take me a couple tries, but... <laughs> oh, I didn't even catch that one. Uh, yeah. Hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this. I, I caught that when I was like six or seven years old. Well, you were also a very twisted six or seven year old okay. <laughs> but um this is true but okay I- i'm gonna give this movie this it is very high energy i can kind of get the appeal just because most halloween movies you think of they're not fun there- there's really only a couple other ones i could think of that would fall into this category that would make sense as like a halloween comedy that's like appropriate for kids but also kind of goofy and over the top for adults and earnest scared stupids one that we thought about doing last year uh that came out around the same time similar Gremlins, but Gremlins technically a Christmas movie, I guess, because it takes place Christmas. This genre, if you want to call it that, it's kind of slim picking. So the fact that this has become such a popular movie in a way makes sense because everything else you're competing with on Halloween is, well, what's the scariest movie? Some people are going to say, you know, The Exorcist or Halloween or Psycho or something like Mm. that. This is its own thing. It is funny at times. At other times, like Jared said, I have no idea what they're talking about. There are some massive plot holes here that, like, I think even as a child, if I had watched this, I would have been like, but that makes no sense. But there are some fun things here. Um, And I will say this. Of all the movies we've covered over the last couple months, I have more notes on this than I have anything else. uh, Jamie's the only one who could see this. But this is the amount of notes I took for a 96-minute movie that I didn't really enjoy. I told you to keep this podcast short. Well, it's going to be short. I mean, most of this is just going to be quick fire here. I mean, it's not like there's a lot of story to talk about. It's amazing. What is amazing? The movie. Okay. And even the the one of my favorite scenes of the movie too is when they're uh the sister which is going to the gymnasium and they're singing to everybody. And when she's like dancing. I think you're doing oh Mickey, you're so fine right there. Also, um, you already once mentioned, oh, there's that one really good part where they all go in and they start singing. <laughs> I love it. Uh, we'll go through the whole story here and everything, but um, I'm, I'm just going to say this up front. As much as I don't think that even the witches, the, there's some fun moments with them here. I don't even think the witches really work as characters for me. There's one character in this movie that I absolutely love that I think needed their own spinoff or their own movie or something or just more focus. Um, I'll see if anybody can guess as we go throughout here. Uh, if if the character comes up and you think it's the character that I love, then let me know. But let's jump into the movie here. Uh, so starts out with a bunch of kids with really bad accents, which I guess is the way they would have talked in, what is this, the 1600s, 1700s, whenever it starts, you know, old Salem witch trials or whatever. Uh, they're looking for their sister, Emily. We find out this is Thackeray. Thackeray Binks. Yeah, wow, what a name, Thackeray. Uh and they can't find Emily anywhere. Um, I, I, I do like some of the little things here when uh, I think it's Bette Midler opens up the blinds. She says, another glorious morning makes me sick. Uh, it's very over the top, you know, kids, witch stuff. Uh, we see the book for the first time, which I guess is spell book that has an eye that grows out, which is a little bit creepy, but kind of fun. Uh, and well, It I, reminds I, me of the um, 
uh, Evil Dead, the Army of Darkness. The yeah, another one I don't get. I don't Necrom- get it. That's a movie, the Army of Darkness. That'd be a good one to do. No. The ne- Necronomicon. We're starting to gather here that Jamie and I have completely different tastes in movies. Uh, I wonder why Thackeray, who runs to... <laughs> your, your lisp is showing. Sorry. <laughs> say Sixth Sense, Colin. You say Sixth Sense. <laughs> Rossi, say Sixth Sense. Sixth Sense. <laughs> Jared, Sixth Sense. Sixth sense. <laughs> it's actually not easy, is it? He, he did it the best, though, out of all of us. Oh, that's because of the hot Australian accent. That's right. It makes everything sound better. <laughs> um, I wonder why Thackeray here is running barefoot. Like, I'm sure he had a pair of shoes he could have put on. He just runs through the woods barefoot. Uh, and then when he gets there, I guess they've kidnapped his sister, Emily. They're going to put a spell on her to steal her life force, which Jamie had to explain to me because there's a lot of weird stuff that's not explained in this movie. And we get the most out-of-shape middle-aged woman fight we have ever seen in a movie as this teenage boy kind of walks around them and they lumber along every once in a while trying to swat him. Uh, It looks pretty bad. Eventually, he spills their cauldron and they all freak out. Now, they already say they only need a drop of the potion to steal her life force or whatever. And there's probably like six liters left in this thing, but they're still like, oh, we're, we're doomed or whatever. Uh, they end up doing some type of spell which makes them young again young-ish as we hear in the movie Uh, sex in the city here she says boys will love me Um, she's a bit of a pedo isn't she let's be honest (laughs) and uh, wow there's a lot of notes here Uh, anyways they turn Thackeray into a cat which is going to become important later on Uh, they have killed a little girl so nice appropriate Disney kids movie stuff. There's a lot of stuff in this movie that you would not get away with 25 years later. A child dying in the beginning of the movie. Not great. Uh, Sarah Jessica Parker here uh, threatens to molest the little boy again. (laughs) They get captured. They're going to be hung. Uh, The book appears. We quickly cut to to the next scene here. The teacher, it kind of cuts into the teacher telling the story about these witches. uh, And... We get little Rupert Bonham here, main star of the movie. Anybody else love his tie-dye? Uh, he says it's all fake. So he's, I guess, the new... This is supposed to be, He's supposed to be a new kid in school, right? And what's his name? The new idiot in school. The new idiot, yeah. Danny. Oh, no, wait, no Danny's the girl. the girl. Right, what's his name? Max. Max, Max right. okay. How so, can you forget? The most annoying character in the whole film. Yeah. And did, did anybody notice... Like, I noticed this with watching the Blu-ray, but did anybody notice that if you actually... Um, oh, hold watch, on. Watch yeah. the Blu-ray. You can see how many pimples this kid okay, has on so... his head. His head is riddled with Did anybody forehead. else notice him being riddled with acne? Uh, that's the only reason I watched this movie. <laughs> like, I, I mean, what what else are we doing it for? Well, honestly, it's amazing cat. the things that you can see with Blu-ray. Like, you know, I'll be watching all these movies to see Colin. You could see your tits. Like, seriously, <laughs> what's going on? No, I will say, like, it's funny when you take older movies that at the time they filmed, they never expected anybody would be able to see this over, like, standard definition television. So to have these things restored in high definition, like, I remember we were watching, I can't remember if it was Mary Poppins or The Sound of Music. A movie that you would never expect to see anything in. Jamie's like, you can see Julie Andrews' nipples. Yeah, <laughs> it's you very can see, clear. See your boobs, seriously. Yeah, um, but yeah, you, you're Jamie. Just in case 
either of you aren't aware, Jamie may be the most superficial person on the planet, hence why Yay. she needed to make sure that Jared didn't look like a troll before we started this episode. I didn't need to make sure. I was just curious. <laughs> it's not like I'm like Pamela Anderson or something. What, 55 and trolling after 15-year-old boys okay, like Sarah Jessica Parker? It's not like I'm Rihanna or anything. All right, that's more like it. Um, that's a thought, though. <laughs> Anyways... Yeah, I'm sorry I'm not black, Colin. Okay. Uh, nobody's perfect. <laughs> anyways, so... Anyways, Jamie happens to be a little bit superficial, so everyone's going to watch a movie and she'll say something, like, completely superficial. And I'm like, oh, she's never going to mention that in an episode. But no, first thing out of her mouth, you notice he's riddled with acne, <laughs> in high definition. I never noticed it when I was a kid. Is that why he's so annoying, Jared? No, he's just the most annoying character. I just, oh, there's just something about him... Everything that he does is so stupid. Like, can we? I get that that like forces the plot along, but like, could he be any more dumb? His whole like act with like Allison, like it's unbelievable he's that he ends up with boy. her. No, but it doesn't. Oh, make... He's not. This is not a yeah. normal person. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and here's my biggest problem: he's introduced in the movie being like new kid in school, and he's immediately off on the wrong foot because he's telling them all there are a bunch of idiots for believing this story now he's not going to make any friends tell them this is all fake and then going up and in front of the entire class saying here here's my number like he's like he's mr studley mr henry cavill here uh <laughs> sweeping the teenage girls off their feet here and then he spends the rest of the movie as a completely different character where he's getting picked on by the bullies and we're supposed to feel bad for him. Well, you pick the fight by calling them all a bunch of idiots and you're sitting there swooping up their girlfriend. Like, of course, yeah, I- I'm with Jared. He's an idiot. A- anyways, with the school scene there and the opening, uh, let's go around the room, get some opinions on it. Jamie? Around the room? Yeah. All three rooms, sorry. Um, The whole opening, I'm trying to remember everything. Yeah, you know, like, the thing is, is... Uh, you were saying you got the wimpiest girl fight ever, but <laughs> oh, it'll get worse throughout no, this movie. But, you know they don't give any backstory in the movie, but how do you know that these witches aren't like thousands and thousands of years? They old? They are, but they just started bragging about how they're young and beautiful again. You think with that would have come a little bit of stamina? Well, uh, maybe they're <laughs> saving their energy to suck the lives of children. They, they are, and they only have till the sunrise, which is coming right up. And do you think, like, they would have wasted so much time in the movie doing all these other things, like having, like, a dance number and everything else? Well, I guess they were putting a spell on somebody there. I don't know. You got anything like, to add? And why, why didn't they just try to capture, like, any other child? Like, I know that one offended her, but why wouldn't she just at least capture one other one to stay alive and all then right. go back for the other one later? So, Rossi, we are 20 minutes into this podcast, and Jamie is already talking about six scenes from now, so <laughs> we're on track. It always happens. Anything you want to talk about in these opening two scenes? Uh, I thought we were going in alphabetical. Uh, well, Jamie's done, apparently. So, uh... <laughs> Jared, alphabetically. Um, I think that, like, while we're talking about annoying characters, Zachary in, like, <laughs> human form, what an idiot. He is so much better as a cat. Yes. Like, I did complete 180, went from one of my least favorite characters, not least favorite, because <laughs> that's Max to my favorite character in the whole film when he became a talking cat. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe that's a solution for some other people in real life. <laughs> but then the effort that these witches go to 
to look young again, which they could have just achieved by going to like the supermarket and buying some hair dye because that's the <laughs> only effect of this potion. Like way too much effort. The school scene, Max, like you said, he's just a complete idiot. Um, his whole note thing annoyed me so much, giving her his number. And then they go outside later and he introduces himself as Max, despite the fact that it says that on the note. And, like, everybody knows who he is because he's the new kid who's made a fool of himself in front of the class. Yes. Then she passes the note back to him. He thinks it's her number. Like, she just carries around, like, her number. Like, she's some type of classified ad. <laughs> like, it just... Oh, Max is so annoying. Like, I cannot say enough how annoying he is. Thank Everything you. he does is so mad. You know what else I noticed in the Blu-ray, by the way? Something else I noticed? What? Uh, if, you, if you're if you watching the Blu-ray, it, I, I never noticed it before just watching it regular on TV Don't or Don't say DVD. Allison's nipples. No. Okay. But you know how uh, Bette Midler, how she has like the... The buck teeth? Th- no, no, the, the thinner red lips, like it's just kind of red in the middle. She actually has like white lipstick uh, covering the, the sides of her lips on either side, like concealer. So wow. I also noticed she was riddled with acne, if anybody else picked that up. <laughs> I didn't notice that. But are those her real teeth? No, her real <laughs> teeth. Have you ever seen Bette Midler before? Um, I'm pretty sure. I didn't know. No, those are not Bette Midler's Plus, real teeth. <laughs> Some people have big teeth. What are you implying here, Damien? Those are her real teeth. It's like... not her real hair. Uh, it's not her real dress, anything. Not her real yabos. Not a Yavos either. <laughs> um, Rossi. Um, okay, I'm going to go out of the limb here and say I kind of like Max. Oh, <laughs> I knew you would. Okay, like, I get that they're totally setting up in the traditional Disney fashion. Like, here's the kid we're supposed to get behind because he's been made fun of. He's got his shoes taken away. Oh. And, like, he's in small town America now and it's rough. Um,. Like I kind of like him. Um, Boo. I did, did... Oh, get out of here! Um, <laughs> the worst part about this whole beginning is that whole like beginning scene with those annoying sentry people. Mm-hmm. Like the guy doesn't know how to run. He has horrific like boy band hair. The girl has no acting ability. Um, and then it just ends, and they're all dead. Um. And then his teacher's telling a story and pelts one of the kids with a decoration. <laughs> like, what? They were uh, different times. CFS, CFS. <laughs> that makes Max so much better than all that other crap. Like, how can you dislike Max compared to that garbage? Well, there will be worse characters, um, or at least more annoying characters, but I don't know if there's a worse character than Max here. Is Binks the spinoff character that you're talking no, about? No, no. Just wait, we'll get there. Moving on. Are we moving on, Rossi? As, as Jamie's rushing you along. All right, Rossi, shut up. Move along. <laughs> Rossi, were you done? <laughs> Show us your yabos. Or yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm the only one with yabos here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyways, one thing I want to point out. Here's a positive note here. The sequence where he's was riding... It, did you notice it in the Blu-ray, or is this just in general? <laughs> this is in general. I think anybody okay. on VHS will pick this up. Um... The music in this movie is pretty good. I'm not talking about the musical number, which I actually don't like. I'm talking about, like, the original score. 
which the composer for this, I know the name because I'm a big movie score buff. Uh, I know the name. I can't uh, place what he's done. John Debney. Uh, but just the background, this movie was supposed to be James Horner. Uh, James Horner is, I'd say, next to John Williams, the most famous composer of all time. I mean, he did most famous for Titanic and Braveheart, Apollo 13, a movie that Jamie and I watched three times a day now, An American Tale and Five Goes West. Uh, the, the, what a film. Oh, amazing. Casper's very favorite movie. He did the music for that. and He was supposed to do Hocus Pocus, uh, but literally right near the end of production, he had to drop out. And they replaced him with John Debney. John Debney put together the score in a matter of weeks, which is crazy. Uh, just looking at some of the other movies he's composed, he did the Inspector Gadget live-action movie, Adventures of Elmo and Grouchland, uh, Spy Kids. So there's some decent stuff in there, but I guess he has his genre kids' movies. The music's really good in this movie. I wouldn't mind having the soundtrack. He also did The Passion of the Christ there. Did you see that? Yeah, that, that, that came right after Elmo and Grouchland, apparently. <laughs> they, we heard the score for The Adventures of Elmo and Grouchland. Do our savior, Jesus Christ, please. Uh, anyways, I like the music. Here we get introduced to two characters, which I'm interested if Jared will agree with me on this, that are, if not a worse character, a dumber character than Max, more annoying I don't think you can have a more over-the-top parody of what kids or teenagers were supposed to be in 1993 than tubular, cowabunga, ninja turtle talk here. Ice. What are their names? Fire and Ice? What are they? Jay and Ice. Jay and Ice. We know his name is Ice because she shaved it in the back of his head. Well, wasn't his real name like Eugene or something? I don't know if they mentioned Ernie? 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah Ernie. that makes more sense than Eugene. Uh, I, here, knew, I knew it was an E. Just to point out... Jamie said about Max, now he's sweating really bad too. It's another thing you only pick up in the Blu-ray. <laughs> this kid's sweating profusely, bad acne. I bet he smells really well, bad. Like, why, was, why was he alone in the woods there? What was he doing? Why is he sweating so bad? <laughs> he's riding his bike. <laughs> sure, he's riding his bike. Um, I'll defend Max on at least that. I mean, he, he's at least working on his cardio, not like the three witches. Uh, anyways, so... They end up bullying him and stealing his shoes. Now tell me, what are the odds that either of these guys who are approximately two to three times the size of Max wear the same size shoes? But apparently they do because later on we see them wearing his shoes. You know what they say about guys with big shoes? <laughs> well, okay. Well, I, I don't say much about it. <laughs> you tell me. Um... I, I love when he shows up home and he throws his hissy fit. So here, he's Mr. Cool Guy at school. And this always makes me laugh whenever you have somebody who's just... We talked about this last week, Rossi, with Brad on Home Improvement. You know, he the, the, the kid who's too cool, the teenager is too cool for everything. And then he gets home and he throws a hissy fit when he's storming in the door and her parents are like, How was school? It sucked! Like, he's just crying. And I love that they... Watch your language! <laughs> Of all the things in this movie that was inappropriate in 1993, Sarah Jessica Parker molesting little boys, totally appropriate. A kid saying it sucked, bad language, cut it out, that's what got us our PG-13. Uh, he goes upstairs, we find my favorite character in the movie, Danny, the sister. What? This kid is great, I no. love Danny. Danny is constantly mocking her brother without him even realizing it. She's so much more entertaining Talk than any of the human characters. No, she was great. I love Danny in this movie. She wants to go trick or treating. Did you hit your head on something too hard? No. Did you? You're the one who recommended this crap. Yeah, but <laughs> Binks is the best character. Well, Binks would be. Yeah, I bet put them up there. But I mean, of a human character, you know, with removing Thackeray from the mix, <laughs> I think that maybe <laughs> Thackeray. Yeah, 
they're even. But I love Danny here. I hope somebody backs me up on that. Um, she wants to go trick-or-treating. He doesn't want to. Uh, what else happens? They end, he ends up going dressed as the pilot from the A-Team. I don't know if anybody's familiar with the A-Team. Uh, but... Uh, oh, yeah, didn't, see, he, didn't he say he was supposed to be a rapper? Did he say... What is his costume? Did anybody catch that? I thought he said rapper. I don't know. Isn't it just a classic, like, cop-out? Like, people who go, like, as a muggle to, like, Harry Potter-themed things? Yeah. But, I mean, I'm, I'm showing Jamie here, the, the pilot from the A-Team. I swear this is how he was dressed. He just puts this hat on and this jacket and this shirt. Well, on the, I, blu- on the Blu-ray, he was something different. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, I, I figured out... I just figured out why he liked Danny. Why? Because she's a bratty girl. Yes! And you love bratty girls. Yeah, Rossi, did we talk... We talked about this why on... you married me. That's right. There you go. Uh, we talked about this on the Charlie Brown episode last year about why Lucy was my favorite character because I I absolutely cannot stop laughing anytime there's a really mean little girl who's picking on people in movies. Yeah. That's that's something that I get a kick out of. Like people on fire, you know? Oh my <laughs> Those goodness, are the guys, two... he, he, he dies with laughter. Yeah, the two things that really crack me up. No, I mean, I don't think she's that bratty in this movie, though, but that, that might make sense. Um, so they go out trick-or-treating, and, uh, oh, before they go trick-or-treating, let's also add to this. He's sitting there basically humping his pillow going Allison you're so soft uh really creepy and that's when uh Danny walks in on him I guess so when they go trick-or-treating uh eventually he runs into the bullies uh they call him the new kid on the block which I think was supposed to be a new kids on the block reference because it was 1993 he's a little leaguer that's what it was I think Danny pointed out he's a little leaguer he's supposed to be in a baseball uniform uh he gets upset at Danny because she humiliated him um and this is why I love Danny. When she says, uh, you should have fought those guys. At least you would have died like a man. <laughs> I want to go home. I love that. They eventually end up going to the rich people's house, uh, which we find out is Allison's house. And that's when Danny talks about her yabos or whatever they are. Uh, and I love that um, uh, 1993 Disney low-budget filmmaking here as Allison and Danny and Max are all drinking from cups that when they tilt the cup, you can clearly see there is absolutely no liquid in there. Miming they're drinking on the Blu-ray. Or that's on what you notice on the Blu-ray. <laughs> uh, but he loves her yabos. Uh, so he convinced her to stay as long as he agrees next year, they go as Wendy and Peter Pan. Uh, no tights, no deal. So uh, let's, uh, let's get some opinions on this sequence here. I, I thought, I thought that these two together were fun, mostly because she's making fun of them. I don't know. Jamie, go ahead. Yeah, I, I think, pretty much the same i mean you know I, I come from a family where i'm the only girl and i have seven brothers six older and one younger and that's the way that my brothers and i showed love to each other and i constantly belittled them and they did the same to me you were danny uh yeah more or less <laughs> I, I spoiled spoiled and uh bratty too yeah were you just like constantly like look at you you're riddled with acne no you're sweating profusely no but when you're younger, you don't notice those things. Okay. It's when you're older and you realize how disgusting yeah, people are. Like, when like you get the person. Blu-ray. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> like, like that guy on Lost and the reason why I can't watch Lost. Yeah, we've covered that multiple times. Too disgusting. You know, there's some humans that are just too gross to look at. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, Not Jared. Because <laughs> he doesn't look like a troll. But yeah, um, I actually entertain. I, I thought it was entertaining how they played off each other. Mm-hmm. Jared. 
Um, I agree with you. The the like bullies are terrible. Yeah. Um, especially when they first shot when it's just the two of them and like initially I'm like oh is it, like are these people are going to form the losers club because they're all like daggy lame mm-hmm. and then they turn out to be bullies I'm like these people are not believable as bullies they, if anything they would be the ones getting picked on at school for sure <laughs> yeah um, you have like the Macaulay Culkin wannabe or time traveling Macaulay Culkin I don't know <laughs> and then Ice who like why. <laughs> um, they're a little bit more believable when they confront uh, Max outside the house just because there's a whole crew of them. I'm like, okay, that makes a bit more sense. Um, but I don't know like why they chose these two people to be the bullies because it just isn't believable. Um, as for Danny, I agree with you. I think she is uh, the second best character in this film to Binks. Um, she's like the ultimate wingman uh, mm. for Max. He wouldn't even get with Allison if it wasn't for Danny because he doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that she's great. Uh, he's really mean to her all the time, which is horrible. She doesn't deserve it, and she's kind of the only character in this film who makes like logical decisions. And you know, if if uh, everything in this movie happened a little bit earlier, and uh, Danny had been around to help um max uh you know win over Al- number Alice, allison and everything then probably never would have had to worry about the witches coming back because he wouldn't be a virgin yeah there you go <laughs> if danny had been his wingman uh the previous semester in school <laughs> none of this would have happened no uh rossi who has left us <laughs> jared again Okay, no, nothing to add. I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna do my sidebar here. Uh, so she's dressed as what? A witch? Is is Danny a witch? I yes. already forgot her costume. Yes. He's a little leaguer. Uh, they want to go with Wendy and Peter Pan the next year. Um, who has here the best and worst <laughs> costume that you ever had for Halloween? Jamie, what was your best and worst costume? I don't know if I ever really had a worst one. I pretty much did the same thing all the time. It would either be Mikey from. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, mm-hmm. uh, which I can't talk properly tonight, or I would dress up as a witch. Jared? Always, always wanted to be a pink Power Ranger, but I, yeah, no, never worked. I wanted to be the pink Power Ranger too, but they didn't make them <laughs> in my size or shape. Uh, Jared, do you have a best and worst Halloween costume? Uh, well, not specifically for Halloween, because it's not really a thing here, unfortunately. Um, but best and worst costumes, probably, do you know the car Brum? Yes, yes, we, d- yeah. didn't we talk about that on the Olympics? Or yeah, I think so, yeah. So, uh, I dressed up as Brum once, um, and that was pretty epic. <laughs> uh, worst costume, I went as, like, a can of, like, hairspray to, like, a musical, <laughs> like, themed party to tie into the film Hairspray. Um, I think it was just a bit too literal. I uh yeah I forgot I was gonna ask on this episode about the Halloween because that's uh, that's not a thing in Australia really is it a thing like w- just for like party purposes but not the trick or treating thing or or is it not even well known? Uh, it's becoming more of a thing. It used to be just kind of one of those things like you may throw like a Halloween party just for something to do, mm-hmm. um, but now kind of trick or treating is becoming a bit more common. Um, it's still more of like a fringe thing. I think like we've had like trick or treaters like once in like the last like five years. Um, but there's more and more kind of events and like set up like um, particular like areas to go like trick or treating. Do you, do you guys actually have like Halloween merchandise in stores too? 
like seasonal stuff like, or no? What are you talking about? Decorations? Yeah. Yeah, or like the like two dollar shops go like full out for like Halloween. Mm. Okay. Um, Rossi, if you're there, um, give us a meow. <laughs> We've officially lost Rossi. Uh, I'm trying to think. I, I'll, I'll give you my lamest costume because A, it was lame and I was terrified to wear it. I'll give that last. Uh, my best, I'm going to put this up there, was Scott Pilgrim from Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, which was <laughs> Halloween kind of coincides with the, the, the major Comic-Con here in Winnipeg. And uh, Jamie's been trying to get me to dress up in, in costume for Comic-Con for years. And I said, the only way I'm ever going to go is if I go with Scott Pilgrim, because all I have to do is buy a t-shirt that Scott Pilgrim wore in the movie and blue jeans. And uh, that's basically all I did. I had to make myself little wristbands that he wore, and that was it. Four people said Scott Pilgrim and got really excited, and about 10,000 others didn't know what I was. Uh, Worst costume, a Care Bear. Uh, (laughs) What? You dressed up as a Care Bear? No, I didn't. That's so cute. No, I didn't, and here's why. So... This would have been my would have been my very first Halloween. We were living in the metropolis of, of Vita, Manitoba, which was a population of single digits. I think uh, we were on a farm, like two hours outside the city, and I had been told about trick or treating and everything, and I got really excited about it. And I think because I was so young, you know, my mom would explain it a certain way, and I'm like, that sounds like fun. She came home and I was so excited. She's like, I got your costume here. I got your costume. I'm like, oh, oh, great. And then I remember her holding it up. And it was just like one of those plastic Care Bear masks with like, it's basically like a painting smock you put on yourself. (laughs) It's just supposed to be a cool costume, like cheap kids costumes. And I screamed and hid underneath a blanket for the entire night. My sister ended up going out and asking for candy uh, for me. Uh, I was too young to understand because I thought at that age, if I put on the mask, I'm going to become this Care Bear and be stuck as a bear for the rest of my life. I was that young and didn't understand it. But I got so excited about trick-or-treating, saw the Care Bear mask and could not wear it. But I do remember later that night when they came home and I saw my sister wear the mask and take it off. I thought it was okay and I tried it on once or twice. But that was my terrifying story of uh, being a Care Bear. Rossi, are you back with us yet? Okay, let's move on. Rossi can come back to any of this. Um, so now we get into the plot here. They want to go visit the uh, witch sister's house. What are their names again? This, what are the Samuelsons? Sanderson. The Sandersons. Um, so the Sanderson sisters' home, which is now a museum, which uh, is it supposed to be Allison's mom ran this thing or something? Yeah. Okay. So this thing's covered in cobwebs and dust, which would imply it has been deserted for about four decades by uh, what we see on the inside, unless that's all part of it. What I love is that they're sitting there coughing, like as if dust been stirring off. <coughs> when they're still outside the front door, outside. So they're not even in the dust yet. And they're already like, I can't breathe in here. Uh, we find out about the, the black candle here, which if it's lit by a virgin on Halloween, it's going to bring them back. Uh, Mr. Virgin Max is about to light the candle and binks the cat. Everybody's favorite cat jumps on him. And uh, almost saves the day here. Uh, he says something about, oh, it's, a, it's just all a bunch of hocus pocus, which is our, our trailer scene there. And he eventually lights the candle. It's a black flame. The sisters come back to life. What I find funny here is that it's been 300 years. This museum isn't something new. The house has basically been there for 300 years. They have been displaying this to the public, charging admission for probably at least a couple of decades 
there has never been a virgin in there before. Like, is Salem a town full of sex addicts? Because he's apparently the first virgin who's ever foot, set foot on the soil here. No, it's it's not just setting foot. It's actually lighting the candle. Okay, so we've got bullies in this town who think that stealing shoes off of kids that don't fit them is cool. You're telling me nobody ever went and there's a, I dare you to light the candle, virgin. I don't know. And, and it becomes the biggest deal in this movie that Max is a virgin. Because apparently Danny and Allison aren't. <laughs> <laughs> this becomes a running gag in the movie Danny you we little it, slut you <laughs> we hear it so much about her ragging on her brother cause this is where my line came about where she will just be in sentences and just for no reason at all be like okay the witches are chasing us and my brother's a virgin <laughs> she just found this out and she's like haha look at you virgin Danny put your yabos away <laughs> yeah Danny gets around Salem <laughs> um <laughs> So anyways, the witches call ba- come back. They're like, I can smell children. They're trying to find them. They're about to find Danny, who's terrified. She didn't want to be here in the first place. And Max jumps out and saves the day, speaking in old English, "'Twas I that brought thou back." <laughs> um, they realize it's been 300 years, how time flies when you're dead. Uh, so they zap here. Let's, let's give another Blu-ray story. So, uh, Rossi, if at any point you're actually here, just message us, okay? Um, so, Jamie bought the Blu-ray for this, which I told her not to do a week prior. Because she's like, well, you're covering this in your movie. I'm like, I can watch it on Amazon Prime, or I can watch it on Netflix or something. We don't have to pay for it. She one day showed me, I bought this. It's it got special... It's only $10. Fe- it was only $10. <laughs> she's like, it's got special features on there. You can use the information from your podcast. Great. So I watched the movie and then decide last night, I'm going to go through the special features. There are hours of special features on here that are all hidden where you have to watch the movie and the special features play in a corner of the screen. So the $10 you spend on all the special features, in order for me to watch those features, I would have to rewatch the entire movie, which I didn't have time or the energy to do. I did catch a few little bits and pieces just by fast forwarding. But there is one 1993 featurette on there that's four and a half minutes long where it's all about the brilliant special effects. Now, the funniest thing about this is is just looking in comparison. I'm sure in 1993 this was somewhat impressive. But they basically will spend a minute on, how did Bette Midler zap Max and have him fly up against the wall? That was used by, or that was done by simple animation and a wire attached to the actor who played Max. Look at them here, pulling him up against the wall. And this was done like it was, you know, the most fascinating. It's like the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park. How do they make it happen? Um, the best one coming up, uh, I'll mention when uh, one of the other great characters of this movie comes up. But uh, anyways, we get another uh, laboring fight scene here with three out-of-shape women. Um, he ends up burning the smoke detector. He casts a spell of burning rain. Uh, it's just the sprinkler system going off. And I also wondered, this is an abandoned museum that is covered in cobwebs, but they've been paying their hydro and water bills for 30 years, apparently. Uh, And here we're introduced to the talking cat. It talks the first time. They take the book. They run out. The witches try to follow them uh, up to the graveyard after almost setting foot on the Black River. (gasps) Well, you're you're excited. So that's the end. That's where I'm going to cut it there. Feel free to talk, Jamie. Hold on. Is your character Billy? I already said it was Danny. <laughs> oh. 
Oh, never mind. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay you can but, talk about but, this scene, though. But Bring Billy's back. pretty awesome. Billy's okay, but we'll get to that in the next scene, okay? Let's not get ahead of ourselves again. That's not the way I roll. Okay, let, let's talk about the witches coming back here. I'm sorry, I was just... It's your like, turn. Oh, yeah, it's my turn. Okay, what am I going to say? Um, I don't know, like, it was so fun, because, uh... Oh shoot, I don't know what to say. Rossi, are you there? <laughs> I'm blanking. <gasps> Should we just hang up on Rossi? Oh, <laughs> uh, we'll we'll let him fill us all of it. This is still not the worst episode, Jared. Uh Rossi was covering Battlefield Earth with us and mm-hmm. um we Jamie and I recorded an hour of the episode before Rossi finally jumped in halfway through only to tell me he had not finished the movie yet and would continue to watch it. This is while we're on air. He would continue to watch the movie and finish it by the time we were finished recording the episode. So this is no, not he doesn't want live commentary. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'm sure that's what he's doing now. He's trying to catch up to the scene we're at. Jamie, you have anything you want to add on any of this? Um, you know, this part in the movie, I don't really think that there was much to add on. Good. Was, moving on. It was pretty straightforward. Yeah. Good. Moving on. Jared. Um, like, a lighter is something that's commonly sold in gift shops, or is that <laughs> yeah. just, like, a convenience thing? Especially uh, when, here, if, if you use it, if you use yeah. it, you are going to bring these three witches back to life. Yeah. I suppose, like, it would make sense that a museum would sell them, because that's like, kind of their whole, like, stick, like, if you light this candle... But, like, here it's like, you want a souvenir, you get, like, a poster or, like, a key ring. Yeah. Um... Light is not so much. Uh, I loved Danny in this whole scene because she, like, tries to take credit for bringing them back because she's smart, because she's trying to get on their side, which obviously doesn't work, but it was still a smart thing to do. She's thinking outside the box. Um, I have an issue with this whole, like, lightning thing. Like, it gets used, like, every now and then, but I don't understand why it isn't being used all the time. Like, you have the ability to zap somebody. Maybe there's some recharge thing that they don't explain, but surely, like, anytime somebody moves, you just be, like, zapping them because it works. But then, oh, no, I'm not going to use my lightning powers again. Um, Especially when they're this... getting winded by walking across the room. You know what it reminds me of, actually, is the Emperor from Star Wars. Yeah, and he used it in the right time, you know? <laughs> yeah, I just... The best thing about this scene is, is um, the fact that we're introduced to... Uh, Binks. Binks. Uh, can we talk about the animation for Binks? That was another thing on the four and a half minute f- featurette. How did they make Binks the cat talk? They filmed a real cat and then computer generated a mouth moving. This looks so bad. And I think it kind of adds to the appeal of the movie. It makes it look a little bit creepy and like witchcraft like, I guess. Uh, but it, just, it looks hilarious because the mouth is moving all over the place. It, it seems like. You know, Binks is having a stroke uh, during every single line of this movie. Uh, but Binks is so much fun. And Binks is also a smart cat. Like, they could have just made this, like, a cute cat or a sarcastic cat. You talk about Sabrina the Teenage Witch, Jamie, which was just cats delivering one-liners all the time. Uh, here they just make Binks the smart character of the movie. So I, I like Binks, too. Uh, Rossi, hello. Still oh, not hello. There. Oh, you're back. All right. So, feel free to talk about anything up into them getting to the graveyard. And and, we, oh, and we'll oh. have to go back and you'll have to give us your best and worst Halloween costume you ever had as well. 
Um, okay, so much pressure. Um, best Halloween costume. Um, I remember the one of the ones that stands out was I was given like a king costume as like a, someone like helped make it or something. And so that was really nice and homemade and everything. So it had like a nice touch to it. Um, I just remember it being purple. I don't remember much about it other than that. Um, purple king? Or... Yeah, I think it was like some sort of like cloaky, capey thing that was purple or something. And it stood out. Um, and I think the worst was when I wanted to do like Power Ranger thing. And I ended up just putting like a piece of paper on my chest and taped it there. <laughs> <laughs> and called it a day. Um, not the proudest moment. Um, but I think that'll suffice. Um, <laughs> I'm brilliant. Uh, now for this talking animal stuff, which I complained about at the beginning. Um, yeah, not the best. <clears throat> I will say I don't mind the cat. I don't love the cat. Oh, like, come on. Come on. You gave more credit to Max than this. Yeah, I kind of like Max. The cat's kind of weird. I don't know weird. if we can be friends anymore. <laughs> Actually, uh, I'm still laughing over what Colin was saying because I have to show it to him because I knew it was The Simpsons because I was talking about this quote earlier and so that's why I kind of lost it when he was t talking about how the cat looked like it had a stroke. I don't know if you guys have ever seen The Simpsons episode, but it's so funny because there's this waiter that's like serving them. I think it's like Marge or Homer. I can't even remember. And then he's asking him a question and the waiter says, yes. And then... They ask him, why are you talking like that? I had a stroke. <laughs> I Maybe it'll be funnier when I see Was that it. on the Blu-ray? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Special features. Oh, it's so funny. Continue, Rossi. Uh, I don't know. I just thought that, I, I just don't love talking animal technology that much. Um, <laughs> technology? <laughs> I, I, I missed the credit where it was like, you know, John Stevens, talking animal artist. <laughs> Rossi, did you ever watch Narnia? Uh, maybe a long time ago. There's some good talking animals in that. There is. It was great technology. <laughs> well, not here. It looks like a, a ride animatronic from like a Disney thing or something. I'm with you there, but you don't like the character of Binks? I don't know. I don't, I'm not in love. Oh. <laughs> There's just a sigh there from Jared. <sighs> I'd rather have a whole spinoff of Max and his oh. suburban adventures. Sometimes than... I think you come on here just to make enemies. Can you, can you input a vomiting noise for me? <laughs> Is that on the Blu-ray? <laughs> <laughs> High definition. I guess I'm done. <laughs> did, you just, did you say you're done or you're dumb? <laughs> I couldn't understand it. Yes. Moving on to the graveyard, <laughs> we're introduced to William. Is it William, aka Billy Butcherson? Yes. Yes. Oh, exciting! Corpse Edward Scissorhands. Uh, this character was never mentioned, and all of a sudden they drop it in as if everybody knows of. That's William Butcherson. The the ex-husband of Winnie who was stolen by child molester Sarah and that you know that he's underage if that's the case it's just it just feels weird like there was a deleted scene with him and they just introduced him as a character but they don't actually really take the time 
to tell you anything important about him other than, you know, he's in the grave and he comes up and, I don't know, did they summon him from the grave? The idea here, I guess, is that the witches can't set foot on the graveyard. But they can raise a corpse that can set foot on the graveyard, which doesn't make sense. And this just results in another fight where they're just sort of floating around, not doing anything, and still getting very winded. Uh, but Billy comes up, he gets his head knocked off, which there was another great one on that featurette. Uh, how did they knock off Billy Butcherson's head? This trick was done with an artificial head and the actor tucking his head inside the cloak. <laughs> Magic of cinema. Uh, actor trivia here. Jamie, you, you'll know who this is, but does anybody know the actor who plays Billy? You, wouldn't, you would never recognize him by looking at his face, but anybody familiar with Doug Jones? No. No, okay. Doug yeah. Jones is like... Everybody's familiar with Andy Serkis, I'm assuming. Oh, yeah, he's a contortionist, too, right? Uh, Andy, no, Andy Serkis is, yeah, Doug Jones, okay. Andy Serkis is, of course, like the motion capture actor who did yeah, Gollum Rob and Lord... of uh, uh, Oscar. He, he did what? He's been robbed of an Oscar. Oh, he has, yeah. Gollum, uh, yeah. Tintin, um, <laughs> anything but King Kong, really. Uh, Planet of the Apes, especially. Like, honestly, if you ever were to give an Oscar to a guy who doesn't show his face and was just an animated character... Either Gollum or Caesar in Planet of the Apes. Like, Andy Serkis is amazing. Doug Jones is basically the makeup version of Andy Serkis. Everything he does is behind this prosthetic makeup and everything. He did the Hellboy movies. He did The Shape of Water last year. He was the creature in The Shape of Water. Jamie would know him most as uh, Saru, uh, the alien commander, I guess, on Star Trek Discovery. Oh, yeah. The only character we really liked. Uh, and he's playing uh, this guy here, Billy Butcherson or whatever, but... He's probably the one in the cast that went on to become the biggest star, <laughs> and yet nobody would ever recognize the guy by looking at him. Um, I don't know what the point is of this whole thing, other than um, the fact that we have to be introduced to this henchman who ends up being on the side of the kids, I guess. Uh, I like when they go up and they find the cop here, which is great. Uh, and this is one of the many scenes where Danny decides to drop that her brother's a virgin over and over again. She's just babbling here. This is the one I loved where it's like, oh, we, 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 we the virgin let the candle in. The, the, the witches are chasing us and a man lost his head. Uh, they end up getting away from him uh, in the, or I think the, the cop scene's later on, isn't it? Well, either way, I'll group it all in here uh, because they end up going through this crypt, this cave underground. We find out that Binks has been eating mice for years. This is something I don't understand. Binks is in the shape of a cat, but he still has the mentality of a human. Why is he eating mice? Like, is it that hard for a cat to go into a dumpster and get a piece of pizza that's been discarded? Like, everything else about him is human, and yet he's eating mice? I didn't understand that. Uh, there's going to be a bunch of junk I just throw in here, so tell me if I've gone too far. What was your biggest problem, the, the fact that it eats mice? We're watching a movie called Hocus Pocus. Well, because the only magic is turning him into a cat. It doesn't make him have animal instincts and want to eat, you know, oh, and you're ridiculous. rats. And he doesn't need to eat anyway because he's immortal. So, yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> Thank you. This is why Jared's on this episode. To back okay, I don't up. need to eat ice cream, but I like to. Okay, but he doesn't like to eat mice. No point you don't he say, know that. You didn't ask. He says, oh, I've spent many years down here eating mice. You're implying that uh, that wasn't said. 
I'm going to go back and find it on the Blu-ray. <laughs> I'm going to prove it to you. Yeah, some deleted scenes where you remake it. <laughs> um, we get the bus driving scene. So th- this is just all the uh, the fish out of water stuff with the witches. Jamie likes she does a good walk. The way that the witches do the walk is kind of funny. Where they like with the panting. Yeah, pan- <sighs> it, it does look kind of funny. Can I like that these. Can we get a, actions- a, a, a take? Yeah, Jamie. Well, I can't do it. Cause- we'll do the audio. Well, when they're they got their dresses and they go. <laughs> She's actually doing the walk right now, if you can imagine. Um, well, they kind of, they kind of sniff while they do it, though. Oh, another thing I noted here: the graveyard is called Old Burial Hill. Like, did nobody have a more creative name to come up with this place? Dead man's place. Yeah, like like <laughs> hole in the ground graveyard or something like that. Like. Like, do they go to a church and it's called Old Worship Building or something like that? Like, it could have a name, like Billy Butcherson Memorial Graveyard or something like that. It's called Old Burial Hill. Uh, lazy screenwriting. A whole bunch of stuff I'm going to throw in here. Um, they, the witches ended up going around town. They catch a bus. The bus driver tries to hit on them, as Jamie said. Uh, they're doing soothing thoughts, so they're like rabid... Uh, dogs or something like that. Black Death. Mommy. <laughs> that was kind of funny. Mother. Mother. The cat gets run over by a car. Uh, they run into the, a guy in a devil costume who they think is the devil. His wife has her hair all over the place because she's a slob, so they think it's Medusa. The kids come up and tell the cop, <coughs> who they think is a cop, which I love this cop. This guy's fun. And this is, again, where he's saying he's a virgin or whatever. Uh, the cop just messes with the kids. Are you really a virgin? And a bunch of kids steal their broom. Um, Let's just go right up to the parents in the musical number here, because there's not a lot of story going on. So Danny goes in again and immediately decides to tell her parents, oh, we unleashed these witches, and uh, uh, because Max is a virgin, (laughs) she's still telling everybody he's a virgin, which I love. And uh, the witches are loose, and they're like, how much candy have you had? I haven't OD'd, Mom! Uh, the witches come in, they grab the mic because Bette Midler's in a movie, she has to sing I really don't care for the song, I'm oh, sorry I love it. and um, they just, I'm assuming this is them putting a spell on all the adults where they're just left partying for the night so they could all the kids could be unsupervised Yes, that's what I get through the rest of this movie and one more thing just that bothers me here that doesn't make any sense well two things, you have a guy coming out of a restaurant and getting a lobster out of a tank why is there a lobster tank in the alley next to the dumpster? I don't know. It makes no sense. And then you have the witches, uh, the one witch, Sister Act witch here, who uh, is talking about, I smell whatever the type of fish is. And she's like, it's great with breadcrumbs. Sc- and Scrod. Scrod. Good, good breadcrumbs and, and a lot of margarine. Was margarine a thing in 1700 whatever? I think she said butter. Colin. She said margarine. No, she I said rewound butter. it three times. Are you sure? She says margarine. I'm pretty sure she said butter. How hard would it have been to just say butter? This is where I'm like, if I was seven years old watching this movie, I still would have been like, margarine was not a thing then. Anyways, any feel free to talk about any of this stuff that's going on there. There's a little bit of fun stuff. The stuff with the bus driver is kind of funny. Uh, the musical sequence is not, but I do like the parents and, you know, just the scene with the ODing Danny. Uh, a couple of the fun moments there, but the margarine thing kills me. And then why is there a lobster tank in an alley? Jamie, I'm, go ahead. I'm Dadcula. Oh, that was so lame. <laughs> I thought that you would think that was really lame, yeah. Mm. It's kind of like a burn joke. Yeah. 
They don't know who Vern is, nor do any of our listeners, but thank you for throwing that in. My brother-in-law, but he likes corny, cheesy jokes. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, this this sequence was so fun with the with the singing. I mean, and again... Can you sing it for us? No, I, I can't by heart. And I wouldn't anyways... What if I bring up the lyrics? I wouldn't anyways, because I'm no good singing at a church. Well, you're no good singing either. <laughs> I, I have a good voice for church, just, just not at a church. Anyways, but... Um, you know, it's it's so fun, and the thing is, is I just come back to the point that I made really early in the episode where, you know, obviously this Danny girl offended them because the, she called them ugly and stuff like that, and it really hurt Winnie's feelings, and so they want to get even and, um, you know, just um, uh, take her life force and everything like that, but they have all of these other kids in Salem that are coming, and no one can stop them. Like, Max can't stop them. No one can stop them. They had all of this potion and stuff like that. And they made the same mistake where not only are they having all of their potions spilled because they chose to kept, keep, you know, their 10 or 12 liters of potion all in one place. They they couldn't keep, you know, some of it in separate, what do you call those things, beakers or whatever else. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, they, they could have taken life force from one single kid. And they would have been alive forever, and then they could go get the Danny. Like, that doesn't make sense to me, that part. Yeah. Fair point. Because, you know, they're under a time crunch here. Like, why wouldn't they just do what they have to do and then go get her later? No, I have more complaints coming up later on about uh, their hunting of children, but that's a very good point. Thank you. Jared? Oh, there's just so much weird stuff that happens in this whole sequence. Is this the point where they visit, like... The guy dresses the devil. Um, yeah. Like, I just don't understand. It was really weird. Um, I have issue throughout the whole film with their um, kind of out of context. Like, we're not from this time, so these things fascinate us. Like, with, like, the road, like, the Black River. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's no, like, response to, like, electricity or... Margarine. Margarine or... Um, just any all of this stuff and I'm like you wouldn't have had this around there then later on she's telling Max to pull over let me see a driver's permit yes and clearly they don't know what a bus is so they don't know what a car <laughs> is so they don't have driver's licenses at that point in time like there's so many of these moments where I'm like this doesn't like is not well thought out and it doesn't make sense um you have this horrible moment at the like random dance party that all the parents are at which I'm like why is everybody at this party in the first place where um, Danny just because she likes burning everybody says to the mum what are you supposed to be which is the worst question somebody can ask you at like a costume party like that's the anxiety leading up to like any time you dress up you're like I hope people actually know like what I'm meant to be because otherwise this is going to be terrible um, which is just a typical Danny Byrne, cause just because she likes roasting everybody, which makes her one of the better characters. Um, but just, yeah, this whole sequence, I agree. I think the fact that they don't go for some other child is just really weird. Um, and the fact that they get so upset about being called ugly when clearly they think <laughs> it themselves because they're trying to look younger. Yeah, that's the whole uh, so point I don't know why they get so offended when other people say it. <laughs> Self-denial. Uh, I'm, I'm going to put this out there too because we were talking about costumes. Uh, Jared, your profile pic on Skype for quite a while was you dressed as Tintin, which I- I'm going to say is the greatest costume any of us have uh, ever been in. Um, would Tintin be up there for you? 
Uh, Tintin, yeah, it's that's definitely up there. That whole party, like, just red-headed characters, um, I mean, it was pretty amazing. Yeah, we, we just, the, we should all go as Tintin characters. The, the four of us, let's do a Tintin episode, and we'll all do it in character. Jared can be Tintin. I'll be the dog. Jamie could be Snowy. Rossi, you could be uh, Captain Haddock. I'll be Professor Calculus. I'm on board. Rossi's Googling them right now to find what we're talking about. Uh, is Tintin a thing in America, Rossi? It's, I mean, it's huge here in Canada. Um, I know it's huge you know, in Europe. I'm guessing Australia as well. Is Tintin a thing there, Rossi? I've heard of it. Don't really. Not no much. It's, it's a, I'm going to guess similar to Mr. Bean. Like, Mr. Bean in England, obviously huge. What's Mr. Bean like in Australia, Rossi? Or uh, Australia, Jared, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Wow. Uh, How about Jersey, Jared? <laughs> uh, it's kind of middle of the road. Um, okay. We do get, like, the animated, like, cartoon series on TV, mm-hmm. so I suppose that's more than some places would get. Mr. Bean here in Canada, like, enormous as well. But from what I understand, not that big in America. This is like Halloween in Australia. It's just something that doesn't exist. Mr. Bean's not really a thing in America, Rossi? I would say more than Tintin. Hmm. We're discovering new things here. Putting together, uh, um, I don't know, we'll come up with a name for the month. We'll just do Mr. Bean Tintin Month. Anyways, uh, Rossi, go on about these scenes. What about Bean Tin Month? Bean Tin? Yeah. No? Sure. Okay. Well, right, we'll work, workshop, workshop. Um, yeah, it's just spitballing. It's not all going to yeah. be gold. Um, so I love... I mean, I don't know if we. This is part of the stuff we have to talk about, but I love the cop scene. I just think that's so mm-hmm. funny when, like, they're like, "Officer, officer, we need help. We need help." And then he's like, "What's going on?" Like, trying to be all cool, and then he gets lines him up to talk to them. <laughs> and he's like, "He's a virgin," and then he pulls <laughs> Max aside. They're like, "Are you a virgin?" He's like, "Yeah," and he's like, "I put my life on the line and everything." and and then they're like the almost almost like Scooby Doo reference to get your cat out of here too or something like that. It was just so great. And then he like picks up this like scantily clad women out of the bar or whatever and take and rides off. It's just great. It's unexpected of a scene, but I love mm-hmm. it. Um, and then at the party when the, these like children show up at the, the adult party and the girls like, "What are you? How the hell is she supposed to know who Madonna is?" Like, she's... <laughs> Especially with, like, the cone bra. Like, what? Ben would know. Okay. Ben is one exception. (laughs) Um, Anyone who has not watched Swept Away has obviously not... Saved themselves 90 minutes of their life. And doesn't need to know that much about Madonna. Mm -hmm. But, like, I thought that was weird. And I kind of... I do, like, a spell on you. Spell on me. I just think it's fun. Like, yes, it's Bette Midler, so she's got to sing. But that's just the fun of it, like the the chewing on the scenery and all that. Mm-hmm. I do love the random spotlight person who just magically can find wherever yeah. the Sanders <laughs> sisters are at any given moment. When I've never seen a spotlight before at the party, but... And I do love all the fun little costumes we get in the background. There was like someone wearing a newspaper suit and all that kind of different stuff. So I like to look at the background sometimes to see what we kind of miss. I think it was just a fun scene. Better than the boring party at the beginning of the movie. Did you catch the guy with a piece of paper on his chest that said Power Ranger? 
Oh no. I thought Ultimate that was costume. <laughs> Um We should probably stop for a second and at least talk about the three leads here. I don't know if you could talk about them individually. They all seem to be delivering the exact same performance, except that Bette Midler sings and has buck teeth. Sister Act has like this weird thing she does with her mouth where she seems to always be like sticking her tongue out of her mouth. Or I don't even know how to describe it. And then uh, Sex in the City. She kind of looks like Jean Chrétien. Yeah. Uh, they don't know who Jean Chrétien is either. <laughs> uh, anybody in Canada will know. No, he was not on Corner Gas. He was a prime minister. Uh, and then Sex prime in the mi- City prime there. Prime minister equals Canadian president. Yeah, that's right. I think they would know what a prime minister is. Or at least Rossi. Well, Jer- I'm not saying Jared wouldn't. Jared, you have a prime minister. Just a different one from ours. Back on with the movie. Sex in the City here is uh, molesting little boys. You know, they all have their little gimmick, but they're basically delivering the same performance. I'm at least going to give them credit. They all seem to be having a blast. And it, it seems unusual that somebody who's, I guess, as respected as Bette Midler would do a kid's movie in the first place, let alone do a kid's movie where she's basically making a fool of herself and being a villain. That's the weirdest thing, because I don't think that's what I ever put together watching this movie, is that these three characters are all the villains of the movie, even though they're stars of the movie. I can at least give them credit for being fun. Um, does anybody have a favorite of the three witches? Jamie? Oh, of course it's going to be Winnie. That one's Bette Midler? Yeah. Okay. Of course. Jared? Yeah, Winifred. And Rossi? I mean, I would agree, but I think Sarah Jessica Parker is pretty great with all the ridiculous shit she does, like hanging <laughs> off the fence, just like the ridiculous like sexual chatter she has all the time of playing with people and everything. I think she's a fun character though, but Winnie's kind of the best. I think we're all going to agree Winnie is the best, but one thing I just want to say that's underrated about Sarah Jessica Parker's character that's, I guess, funny, but was underdeveloped in the movie. There are several times in this movie where the, the sisters are all arguing and the dumb one, which is supposed to be Sarah is telling you in the background like when they were trying to come up with whatever the recipe was for their potion dead i can't remember what, and she's just saying in the background dead man toes and i'm like yeah that's what it was there are a couple points in the movie where she's just telling them in the background but they don't really dwell on it it feels like it's a joke that doesn't land as well as it should that she actually is the smart one and somehow comes across the dumb one um i can't remember what the other part was with that but the, i think that was it, something interesting with her character but i i can give them credit they had a blast doing this uh they're going to be dead in a second, We so we think. Uh, the kids come up with this master plan, which I don't know how they think this is like, I got it, let's lure them into the school and then somehow get them into the boiler and then set fire to them. I don't know how this was going to work or if this was the only place in the city that they could burn them, but I do like that when the witches show up there, they say it's a prison for children, which kind of makes sense. They end up luring them into the boiler uh, after doing announcements on the PA system, which I didn't understand the point of that either. Uh, it was just Max trying to be really cool again, but he's actually a bit of an idiot. And after they go home, uh, well, let's say Max isn't a virgin anymore. <laughs> They're a little bit too close in bed there for the entire night. I'm calling it. He does not wake up a virgin. Uh, but when they do wake up, they're talking about, oh, I feel really bad for Binks. You know, Binks never gets to see his sister again. We did have that moment early on, which I actually thought was a nice moment where, um, I'm drawing a blank here. His sister's name. <laughs> Sorry, I distracted you. Danny? No, no, the other sister, Binks' sister. Emily. Emily. Uh, where, you know, he's talking about how, oh, take care of your sister because you lose it or whatever. And then he's about to leave and they're like, no, you're part of the family now. It's actually kind of a nice scene 
when he comes back and um, Allison and Max decide, well, we can help him. We can read the book. And they start reading this spell. Binks comes to the rescue and stops them, but it's too late because the sisters are alive again. And there's a giant beam coming out of the house, which none of the kids seem worried about. Like, they could have just closed the book at any point, I think, when this beam shot up out of the ceiling. Uh, but they don't really do anything. The witches come. We find out that um, that uh, salt, a circle of salt, is going to save them. So they go and they find table salts uh, to sprinkle around themselves. Uh, there's Oh, there's another scene here where um, the bullies come back, which was kind of a funny line here when the, you're just getting how dumb these characters are. You want to smash some more pumpkins? No. What do we look in some windows and watch some babes undress? Like another thing that we would never see in a 2018 movie, but 1993 was okay. And they said, it's 3 a.m. They're all already undressed. And then I don't feel so good. It's because you're eating too much candy, oinker. Bad insults in 1993, but I kind of like these two bickering with each other, at least a lot more than them bullying and steal kids' shoes. Uh, the witches come. They take them. They put them in a cage they're trying to do the spell on them but they can't remember the recipe this is where the the book comes in uh when the beam comes out of the sky they all grab their brooms which were stolen earlier in the movie which i thought it would have been a more entertaining gag to see other children flying around in these brooms but i guess they could just take any broom sister act which here she has to grab a vacuum cleaner which is kind of funny and fly in the vacuum which again they could have done more with the joke never comes back uh, let's group in the next bit here. Sarah Jessica Parker gets a musical number two, which felt really out of place. Uh, all the kids end up being hypnotized by her song, really proving <laughs> what I've been saying about her. Uh, she's luring a lot of boys towards her. Uh, they're all walking in the middle of the night. The sun hasn't risen yet, but we found out a couple of hours ago, I think, that it was already five in the morning, so it's very late sunrise. Uh, they're trying to feed the potion to Danny, who they kidnapped in the previous scene, before they surround himself with salt. Uh, he comes in, Max, big hero, and gets the worst one-liner in history, prepared to die again. Which was awful. Uh, I have that's a power... As, that's not as bad as when that person's falling off the, the building. Remember? Well, what was it? Storm? X-Men? Oh, well, the storm line in X-Men, what happens with Toad struck by lightning. Yeah, that'll never be taught. But prepare to die again, and I have a power greater than magic. Knowledge. <laughs> oh, he's such an idiot. Uh, daylight savings time. Which I don't know what daylight savings time has to do with this. They shine headlights in there, and they all freak out. Isn't the idea that sunlight is going to kill them? They spend like 45 minutes rolling around the floor in agony because headlights from a truck are being shined in here you think that they would have noticed hey we're not dying but this is basically their master plan to escape with uh danny uh the potion gets spilled again um all these witches who have very poor cardio can't catch the kids they determine that they don't want to take the two kids that have been left there which i love that this is all about it wasn't just about when allison and Max decided they wanted to come save Danny. It wasn't just to save Danny. They said they're going to, you know, uh, kill a kid or steal a kid, and then they're going to take over the world. They know that the world is in jeopardy here. So they leave two kids in a cage. Forget about the witches at the last minute for the convenience of storytelling coming up with, well, I want that girl because she called me ugly. From the point of view they, of they the ones... They called her ugly too, though. But, but exactly. 
But even aside from that, from the point of view of Max and Allison, who are like, we have to save the world here, they have just left two other kids there for them to kill. It's just, it made no sense. And again, I can't help but think, like, a childhood Colin would have been saying the same thing. Uh, we'll talk about the big fight scene coming up in the climax after that. Uh, but, uh, I don't know. Cover anything in this uh, sequence of events here, Jamie. Well, I thought it was pretty funny, uh, actually, when they were being lured into the room with the oven for the clay stuff at the school. It's kind of earlier in the part that you just mentioned there, mm-hmm. but uh, I, I can't even remember the French part of it, but it, it's like, hello, I am looking for a book. And then it goes, bonjour, as something like... Um, like oh, it starts speaking the other languages. Yeah, a book is, or a library is like livre or something. So yeah. blah, 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 livre. And uh, then, isn't library bibliothèque in French? No, book, I meant. Okay. Any, anyway, something like that. Uh, but you're right. That is, uh, I don't know what livre is. Are you looking it up? Well, I'm looking at what book is livre. in French. Livre. There you yeah. go. Yeah, so it's... Eight a, years of... Uh, French classes and Canadian schools paid off. I, We're Googling. I, I wasn't ever very good at French, <laughs> but I, I knew it. I thought that it meant book. Anyway, so it's so funny because then she she comes out, obviously, like burnt to a crisp, and she's like, hello, bonjour, I am looking for a book. And she says I didn't it catch in, that. Yeah, Who was that? Which one? Winnie. Okay. She, I think she says it in French or something. I just thought it was actually so funny. I don't know. It was one of those... Maybe it's a bit corny, but I thought it was very entertaining. Mm-hmm. It's probably my favorite scene of the whole parts you just talked if about. If I had remembered that, I would have laughed. Yeah. I guarantee it. Uh, Jared. Yeah, this whole sequence is weird. Um, just because, like, is anybody meant to believe that they're actually, like, dead? Like, if they had <laughs> killed them in this way, it would have been the most anticlimactic, terrible ending to a film ever. Like... Mm-hmm. Surely nobody's buying that they're actually dead at this point. I'm like, this is way too early in the movie. This is stupid. Um, the whole scene with, like, like they come out of, like, the kiln. They've been burnt. Then they just, like, give up and go home and, like, yeah. stop stop looking for them. Like, like doom and gloom. We can't find... Like, the whole movie, for half of it, they haven't known where they are and they've just been around the streets sniffing. I'm like... <laughs> So they just give up on this their whole strategy, like, oh no, we, when the scent's gone hot, gone cold, we can't follow the trail. Um, they then they just go home and try to remember this recipe. Like it's just so dumb. And the fact that Max, in his idiotic wisdom, decides to open like the book, uh, which is probably partly Allison's fault too. But I'm just going to blame it on Max because I can. Um, He's not a virgin anymore. His head's not clear. They're just. So, like, annoying. Um, put Binks's life in jeopardy again. He gets shoved in mm. a bag, which is ultra depressing. <laughs> um, just that whole sequence. And the fact that they know... There's so many moments here where they know that Danny's being taken. And they're like, oh, yes, she got taken by broom. Then they, for some reason, run up to look through the hole in the roof again. Like, where did she go? Like, you know that they took her by broom. And you know where they've taken her. Like, it's obvious. Um, yeah, the whole daylight saving sequence was stupid too, I agree, um, with, like, why have they not noticed and they're not dying at this point, but I suppose it was the same with, like, the sprinklers, like, it took them forever to trigger that there was just water there as well, um, so obviously there's a precedent for them not being very bright, um, yeah, and then the singing song as well, I feel like they wanted this movie to be a musical, they should have just made it one, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it could have made it better in a way because in musicals it's so weird when they sing randomly and it's like why are you breaking into song whereas I feel like in this film like it just would have worked uh, and you wouldn't really question it um, so I feel like they may as well have just gone the whole way if they were going to have two musical numbers in the same film I honestly do think there's something to it I mean I haven't read anything to back this up but I mean Newsies comes out a year prior to this and that was Disney's attempt to revive the live action musical and the movie completely bombed uh so i wouldn't be surprised if there were plans to make this a bigger musical and then they just said let's scale it back a little bit we don't want another newsies on our hand not that this movie did any better box office but uh i kind of agree with you i think that if this were a musical there's something with musicals when we covered this in our grease recap that at least jamie was on with me uh the grease movie is terrible i mean the story's terrible the characters are terrible Really, the only thing the movie has going for it is the songs, and people kind of ignore the bad story for that reason. I'm not saying that this movie is lacking in fans. I mean, we'll kind of get on the end, the legacy of this, and how popular it's become. But I just feel like this would have worked better as a musical, so I'm kind of with Jared on that. Um, Rossi, uh, go ahead. Everything here up to the final fight scene. One thing I wanted to talk about before that I forgot was that in the the devil is... Um, director gary marshall yes and it's so weird in this movie that his wife is his real life sister penny marshall (laughs) Mm -hmm. and it's so weird when you know that like obviously they don't get emotional or anything like that it's just such a weird thing that this like medusa thing or whatever is like it's just so weird um and i can never look at it the same anymore um well, what else? What? Where? Where was the first star point again? I forget. Uh, well, luring them into the school, burning them, and oh, then yeah. okay, okay, that's cool. I... Him losing his virginity. Um, I thought that the school thing was really clever. Like, I, I mean, obviously, they we have no idea that that we kind of we we as viewers knew that wasn't going to work, and like obviously they wouldn't have known that wasn't going to work. Um. But I thought it was just a really ingenious idea, like a fun, different way of trying to subvert the tropes or the endings and things like that. Um, obviously, it did not play out as I expected, and it turned up in delaying the ending of everything. Um, I thought it was fine, and kind of a lot of the prep for the end was a little bit of a slog, just because the like delaying getting there. Obviously, they run it; they you know captured fire and ice at this point and it's it's just kind of a little slow until the very end i think that this is probably the weakest part of the whole movie because like jared said they spend so much time standing outside the like broken part of the house and just Mm -hmm. chatting and like the zombie people are chasing them or whatever it's just like um hello do something (laughs) but otherwise i mean this outside of this i think the movie's solid well there's something weird about this, and I'm not criticizing, because I think the movie goes by at, like, a lightning speed. And like I said, I have more notes than I've had in a long time. There's a lot that happens in this movie, but th- there is something kind of off with the pacing for me. Or maybe it is because there's so much in the movie it feels longer than it is. But I remember telling Jamie, I'm like, wow, that movie felt like it just went forever. And it wasn't being critical of the movie, because I don't think the movie was boring in any way. But it does feel longer than it is. And maybe it is because of parts like this. I don't know. Um, but that's strange for, because for me, I felt the movie was so quick. Like, I mean, it is, 
Maybe it would be different if I'd seen the movie more than once. Well, I have technically, but you know, watching it all the way through, um, I, I don't know. Jamie, you kind of said the same thing to me. You're like, oh, it is kind of a long movie, isn't it? I'm like, no, it's like 96 minutes or something. It seemed like it was a decent length, though, especially for a kids' movie. Yeah, maybe that is. Maybe it's because it's a kids' movie or something. But I don't know. For me, my least favorite part of the movie is all this stuff here. This this final climax, which this is what I felt like really went on forever. The fight scene in the graveyard. Uh, we do have that moment, as Jared said, which I have about six uh, question marks next to the line, let me see your driver's permit, which makes no sense at all. And also when uh, Corpse Edward Scissorhands here decides to start helping them, I don't know why. Um, he's not really even a... The other thing, he's not really even a character in the movie, but it's just it's so last minute. Uh, we just get a lot of very slow flying with the sisters hovering above them, but they can't land. Uh, they've surrounded Danny and Salt, so she can't escape, but she gets up and leaves, so it was all for nothing. Uh, they grab Danny. This is like the third time in a movie where it's basically just, let's grab the little girl. Uh, B- Binks comes in and saves the day there. Uh, and Max, who um, was given that pep talk from Binks about protect your sister, decides instead of uh, uh, letting his sister go down, he decides to drink the potion Uh so he's now slowly having his life force ripped away, if that's what it is. And we have, like, a rope caught on, the brooms. There's, like, a tug-of-war thing. Uh, one of them falls on the ground and turns to stone. I think that was Winnie who turns on the, to stone and falling on the ground. The rest of them all explode into beams of lasers, which I didn't understand either. Uh, Billy just rolls back into the grave. Uh, Binks is suddenly free and back to Thackeray, and we're all so disappointed. And he's with his sister... Uh, which I don't know why she just came back because I think she died. It's not like she was, you know, held up in, in an animal's body or something like that. Uh, and we have the final line, which was one of the best lines in the movie, partly because we've had this joke told so many times. When Emily's saying to her brother Thackeray, "What took you so long?" He goes, "I had to wait three hundred years for a virgin to light a candle." Uh, and eventually, the parents during the end credits here. Let out of their party, they're all so exhausted, and the bullies are just sitting there singing Row, Row, Row Your Boat. And the book is still alive, which I guess was a uh, tease for the sequel. That is Hocus Pocus. Go ahead, Jamie. Um, I do like the fact that Billy helped them, but like you said, it didn't really make much sense. I feel like for his character, I really I like the idea of him. I feel like they could have elaborated on a lot more and explained things a little bit better. Um because I don't know I I just found him interesting I really liked him but um I think though with the end part that you were saying doesn't really make sense with Emily and stuff I think it was just a picture of you know now that they're dead or anybody's souls that they've taken are freed but but they never took Emily's I mean they, they they killed her and they were trapped having not accomplished their goal but they took her life force though and she she was like laying there with her head down lifeless but, um, you know, it reminds me a little bit about, pardon me, um, Mortal Kombat, you know, where there's Shang Tsung and he takes <laughs> he takes people's souls and everything. And then when he dies, they're all gone. I don't remember that in Mortal Kombat. I'll take your word for it. Yeah, he was a sorcerer. Okay. If you say so. Yeah. Anyways, really good movie. Okay. Um, Jared. Yeah, I feel like this end bit falls apart, like, with the amount of, like, weird plot holes there are in it, I think. The whole Billy thing, like, his motive is, like, 
Winifred killed me, so I'm not going to work with them. But then at the same time, like, he had an affair with Sarah, so why yeah. does he want to kill her? Like, um, I don't know, it's just weird and it does make sense. Um, Danny leaving the Salt Circle was not believable for her character because she's smart, intelligent, and a badass, mm-hmm. and she wouldn't have sacrificed herself for Billy. Um, what else? Oh, the whole, like, Max, like, I'm going to drink this to sacrifice myself so that Danny doesn't lose her life force. But at the same time, she's on a broom in, like, the mid-air. Like, what's to stop the witches from, like, killing her anyway? You've just, like, lost all your leverage by drinking that potion. Like, mm-hmm. keep the potion, threaten to smash it, whatever. Like, you're at a standstill. Um, but instead, drink it. Then, like, why did they not just kill Danny at that point in time? Because there's no point of her anymore. And then go, like, after Max. Like... Just bad decision making, which I suppose is to be expected from Max. Um, yeah. <laughs> the whole like graveyard thing throughout the whole movie annoyed me. Like I don't know if this is like a common like occult like lore or like a common like trope that like witches can't step foot on graveyards. But if I'm thinking of a place where a witch would be, I'm thinking like cottage <laughs> in like the middle of the forest, closely followed by like graveyard. Like that's the answers that I'm picking yes. if I'm on family feud for like survey says, where would you find a witch? Um, there's just, oh, there's even more like, there was not enough, like nobody was upset enough when Binks died. Like Danny was like partially upset, but like Max and Allison, like already didn't like them, hate them even more. Like they're not even that depressed that he's gone. Um, like this should have been like the whole town is like there for the funeral because the best character has died. Um, and then, of course, he has to go back to being stupid Thackeray, which I hate. Um, and Emily, like, why does he even care about her? She's the most bland, annoying character ever, who, as has been mentioned, is a terrible, like, actor. And it's just, it's a bad life for him. He was better as a cat. Um, Danny would have looked after him, and all of the ancestors would have looked after him. It was a better life for him, a better story. Um, so it was just disappointing that it ended that way. Rossi. I'm not as negative on the ending of this movie as some of you guys are. Um, I think it's a bit fun. Yeah, some of the choices and actions are a bit questionable. Um, Billy's change of heart seems a little bad and some stuff like that. But I think it's a pretty fun sequence. There's a lot of crazy stuff. Like, you know, Max doing this and... uh, Allison running out of the salt so she's doing this and all that kind of stuff and one thing that I noticed is when um, I think Winnie drops the vial or the cat knocks it out of her hand and it just does this spinning thing like the very cliche like spinning and doesn't spill a drop and he magically catches it like a little bit of those cliches come into play here we only needed like everybody going no slow slow motion like the faces um, cuts 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 to the face and everything yeah that would have that would have sold it I don't think I would have hi- even rated this higher if that happened <laughs> um, and then we get the little kind of tussle between the characters after he drinks the the poison juice or whatever um, which I guess it didn't need to have happen but I, I think that kind of the delaying of the the time works um, in terms of, you know, waiting for the sunrise to happen. Uh, why did Winnie get special treatment and the other two just explode? 
I think it's because she land because she's a witch and she set foot in a graveyard. Yeah, it's turned her to stone. Is that, but is she that... it turned her to stone and then she exploded into lasers. Was that um in the Blu-ray? <laughs> or... <laughs> I must have missed that then. But I I don't know. I think it's I think it's fun. I think the sequence is pretty fun, light yard, light light hearted, um, and I. Uh, nothing overly horrible about it for me. We'll get to our ratings in a minute. We'll just go through our uh, closing bits here. So box office, not surprisingly, I mean, this movie bombed when it came out, uh, as most movies that are deemed cult classics do. Uh, it developed following over time. It is insane that this made like four, even $40 million that it made is I think more than I expected because this movie basically opened fourth place at the box office uh eighth place dropped out of the top 10 by its third week at the time this came out they opened it july 16th like why open a movie that takes place on halloween there's a lot of movies that are like known for being you know horror movies on halloween something like the exorcist um only a movie like halloween itself for the halloween franchise take place on halloween most halloween style movies like even poltergeist you know they just are movies that fit the genre. They don't take place on Halloween. This entire movie is about Halloween, and they release it in July, which is bizarre. You could read on Wikipedia, somebody kind of added in there, oh, well, it was because they didn't want to compete with The Nightmare Before Christmas, which was coming out of Halloween, which makes no sense at all because that movie was months away. There probably no buzz for it at all. And as if anybody would have been saying to themselves, you know what, kids are really going to want to go see this claymation movie. Uh but this did come out during the same weekend as Free Willy, and it outgrossed Free Willy. And in the long run, Free Willy became a massive hit. So it wasn't just you know the opening weekend killing this movie. Uh, it's it's just overall bomb. Uh, the movies that beat it in its opening weekend, The Firm in its third weekend was number one still. In the Line of Fire in its second weekend was number two, and Jurassic Park in its sixth week was number three. Uh, as I said, Hocus Pocus dropped completely in the top ten, made forty million dollars domestically in its entire run. Uh, reviews so the movie holds 30% on Rotten Tomatoes and even though this is a movie where I think its reputation has improved over the years with fans it's not one where it's improved with critics because it's still only 30% on Rotten Tomatoes most of the reviews are pretty awful uh, there's some good ones here uh, like All Things Considered Hocus Pocus is much more entertaining than a pimple, pe- pimple people picture has a right to be I don't know what that means but it's positive the comedy is unusually dark for a Disney production and makes for patchy entertainment um, this is one that Jamie found. So these are reviews from the the weekend it came out. The movie turns into a toad thanks to a moldy plot that's been around since Steve McQueen tussled with the blob. Looking like a cross between a rabid ferret and Mary Antoinette on a bad hair day, Bette Midler is the chief rhymes with Twitch. The witch's puzzling over 20th century inventions is strictly stale candy corn. Some effects border on the special, such as Talking Cat. How do you feel about that, Rossi? I feel vindicated. 1993, some of the effects border on the special, such as a talking cat. Uh, And one should approach Hocus Pocus as if it were one of those households that plunk toothbrushes instead of Snickers into your goodie bag. Skip it. I like that one. Hocus Pocus is the house that puts a toothbrush in your candy bag. Uh, There's lots of other ones here. Um, I'll see if I can find any other ones quickly. Um, No, we'll move on. Anyways... So thank you for your contribution there, Jamie. Uh, and IMDb keywords. So this is our favorite thing. So uh, 
just catching up, even though the movie has 30% on Rotten Tomatoes, audience response is huge. And this is, again, what I always try to mention things like this because we're living in this age when, uh, you know, Batman versus Superman or Venom come out. Critics hate it. Audiences love it. And everybody's still convinced, well, what's wrong with the audiences? Uh, what's wrong with the critics? I don't know why we're living in an age when people think the critics matter so much because because when this came out in 1993, I don't think anybody would be surprised that critics hated this movie. Audiences, 70% of Rotten Tomatoes uh, recommend this movie. On IMDb, it's got a 6.8, which is not too bad. It kind of falls in line with other holiday uh, cult classics like the Polar Express and things like that. Uh, but IMDb keywords. So this is... Um, something we started doing uh these are movies that like are linked to the plot and as well other movies uh there's a, a couple of, uh, i'm surprised that we have anything on here like lobster trap is a real keyword that you can search for on imdb movie what's your favorite lobster trap movie outside of hocus pocus rossi um i don't even if have you a funny i don't have 2012's grabbers or 2001 TV movie Doc Martin, or 1996 uh, 1966's Paradise Hawaiian Style, you would be correct. Oh, uh, those all-time fall behind... classics. Get the blue yeah. <laughs> They fall behind Hocus Pocus in movies featuring a lobster trap. Uh, toilet papering, Hocus Pocus again, number one, followed by Take Me Home Tonight from 2011, Boys in the Trees from 2016, Dudley Do-Right from 1999, and Harper Valley PTA from 1978. Uh, let's see if we can find one or two others here. Uh, there's got to be something in here with Virgin. My brother is a virgin. No, just Virgin in general. Uh, movies featuring a virgin. Hocus Pocus again, number one. Followed by Empire Records, number two. Love that movie. Cabin in the Woods, number three. Bram Stoker's Dracula and Teen Wolf. Uh, Wonder Woman's number six. Wonder Woman's supposed to be a virgin? Yeah. They never say that specifically. Well, she grew well, up she with would, no guys. She would have, but she's, she's very familiar with sexual activity, as they say in the movie. Um, uh, let's try to find at least one more on here. Uh, lobster is another one there. Forge language tape. I don't know what that means. Mouth sewn shut. So, Hocus Pocus again, number one, followed by X-Men Origins Wolverine. I love the mouth sewn shut part in that movie. The Crazies, Autopsy of Jane Doe, and The Collector. Uh, so those are our keywords. So let's get to our ratings for Hocus Pocus. Um, I'm going to go first here because I think I'm going to be the harshest. And I'm going to say as a disclaimer here, I didn't hate this movie. In fact, I would have leaned more towards a rent it just because I think there is enough entertainment. It is memorable, but I just don't see myself going out of my way to watch this. So instead of going on a low rent, I'm going to kind of give it a high bin. I personally would bin this. I wouldn't like throw up if we're on TV. This isn't the craft or practical magic. It's just not something that I, particularly got the big deal about jamie what would you say i'm gonna give it an 8.8 no are you buying it renting it or bidding it i did buy it duh okay well we know you've got the blu-ray uh acne nipples and all uh jared buy rent or bin i'm gonna rent it i think it has some fun moments if you don't look at it too closely uh and then i think max is a very um fun uh villain who's fun to hate (laughs) <laughs> Max is a real villain behind the movie and Rossi I'm the deciding vote we got one of each mm-hmm. um, so I'm going to give it four out of five popcorn buckets and <laughs> uh, um, no I'm going to buy it because I just love watching this movie like every time I watch it there's just like a smile on my face and I can't think of something I'd want to spend more money on 
I mean, I could make myself miserable and watch Corner Gas episodes, but instead, oh, I'll go watch Hocus Pocus because it's amazing. And you do realize we're in the middle of teasing what's coming up. Um, random rewatch. I well, don't even know how I long know, it's been I just going like on. to watch Corner Gas on my own time. I didn't oh, say anything, Colin. You're the one that's yeah. playing things here. If you haven't caught it, you know, since losses on hiatus with uh, Ben and Noah, Rossi and I are filling it in on Mondays with random rewatches going back and forth. Jared, Jamie, feel free to join us anytime and you can throw your random rewatch in there. Uh, we're just picking any episode of any TV show we feel like and making the other person watch it uh, to see what reaction they have, whether they like it or not. This uh, upcoming week, we're going to be... Oh, I said you've heard it. It hasn't aired yet. Not even this upcoming week. The following week, you're going to hear... Uh, Corner Gas Season 1 Episode 5 Which is the biggest Canadian sitcom of all time And then every single week we're At the end of the episode We're going to tease What the next one is And as well Anniversary Month Is going to be coming up uh, We have already completed Anniversary Month is coming up We have finished September and October's Anniversary Months And uh, stay tuned We are continuing With Last Action Hero 25th Anniversary as well uh, That uh, Ben and I Should be recording Within the next 24 hours So that will finally be coming Ooh. And we'll have one more After that uh, but we are technically here on the 25th anniversary, and it is funny that like Hocus Pocus has developed this cult following. Because like I said, I saw just in trying to research little things about this movie, uh, articles that are saying that you know this is like the quintessential Halloween movie. Uh, Disney, when they do like their you know month of Halloween movies on the Disney channels or Freeform or whatever they call it now, uh, this gets the highest ratings every single year, and. Uh, some recent poll had you know a couple thousand people vote on what the greatest Halloween movie of all time is. What is your Halloween tradition? This beat The Nightmare Before Christmas and Psycho, which is crazy. So the movie doesn't even have a huge following. I mean, it's got a massive following now. So uh, we have to bring it to you, and we'll group this in with Anniversary Month as well. But anyways, we are going to wrap this up. Uh, Rossi has leaned this in favor of buying, but uh, Jared and I are more right. Anyways, thank you for everybody for joining us here. Uh, let's just close this episode out. Make sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, wherever else you can find us. My name is Colin, and daylight savings time. My name is Jamie, and I'm taking my yabos with me. My name is Jared, and uh, I didn't have a quote prepared, but um, justice for Thackeray. <laughs> and I'm Rossi, and I'm a little girl who can't act shit. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.